The year is 2005. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. I'm Charlotte. And this is my marvelous year. Variant cover. Hello and welcome to My Marvelous Year, the comic book reading club where we go through the best of Marvel comics from its origins to today. <laughs> I go into such a fugue state when I do that now. I li- literally, like, my eyes unfocused and I just started, like, reciting. <laughs> Summoning that. a podcasting <laughs> demon. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just repetition in memory. <laughs> no, I know, but, like, it's so, it? it's so rote now that, like, I don't have to think about it whatsoever. I just kind of... Anyway, uh, I'm Zach, aka Captain Comics. I'm joined today by Char Ben, a name Dave insisted I use on Charlotte. (laughs) A pun he's very proud of here, so I don't get it all. And uh, also, I'm joined by Dave Busing, aka Professor Comics. Uh, It's also something he insisted we call him. I think Professor Comics is appropriate, actually. I've, I've heard from multiple people that I'm professorial when it comes to the art of superhero comics right which i'm trying listen i'm trying to branch out i'm trying to branch out you don't want to be tied to superheroes these days i hear Mm -hmm. you don't want to you don't want to have yourself tied down today on this variant cover what are we going to talk about zach what what are we going to do i was just thinking of other professor professor traits you could have professor dunks Ooh, what a cool name what a cool nickname on the courts that's a good one professor Mm -hmm. dunks professor uh scratch for being a cool dj you know who scratches the mm-hmm. 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 that's a cool i'm trying to think of all the best like 1988 i would like it on wednesday nicknames. how about on wednesday the adams mm-hmm. family series what if they had all of a sudden professor fester came in and he did mm-hmm. he became a professor at their at their school just that's like charben nice that sounds like you're saying it like it's a pun but it <laughs> kind of isn't <laughs> um You'll have to explain the Charben one to me. I genuinely don't. The villain's name in the mm-hmm. movie we're talking about today is Darben. Uh, so I oh, oh liked it does rhyme. Um, Charben. That one works great. No, everyone listening if, is with me. If you know the villain's name, that yeah. Okay, I would. You, okay, so clearly the answer for you, Zach, is no. You yeah, do not no. know the villain's name. Uh, Charlotte, would you have known Darben if you had not seen it written anywhere? Yes. Okay. Okay. Did, did you know this yes, character no. before the movie? <laughs> no. Is like, she a character does, from the comics? This, I, yeah, does this she is. Tacti- technically, yes, she is. Listen, we have three very uh, familiar Marvel Comics readers. Okay? There are many things you can question about us. Our skill, our talent, our dedication, our ability to podcast. You cannot question the fact that we have read a lot of comics, <laughs> right? That we have read a lot of Marvel comics. That makes us so cool. <laughs> and gosh, does that get us, get us, you know. Okay, I am I'm sorry. I'm on the Marvel fans. I'm like, yeah, hey, me too. <laughs> two appearances. Tell us of Darben, everything about uh, Darben. 
plus one minor appearance of Darben, parenthesis uh, 616. She appeared in Avengers 345, <laughs> Avengers 346, and Silver Surfer Volume 3, number four- 53. That's it. That's all. And, and they died. They died. And in then died. Killed by <laughs> Kelsey Neramani. Oh, that's mm. Sansia, I think. Maybe. Murdered by Deathbird. Yeah. And she's a Ron That's Mars not a bad way to go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not a bad way to go. Stepped on by Deathbird's. Oh, is that Deathbird? Okay, cool. <laughs> Zach, stop. Sorry, I've been reading the, uh, the the New Mutants, uh, that early New Mutants where um, Sunspot's like really into Deathbird. You're talking about the newer. Uh, the, the newer, newer New Mutants. New Mutants, yeah. yeah. yeah they yeah. should, you know, why do they not update that? The New Mutants. The newer Mutants. The newest, <laughs> the newest. Mutants. <laughs> and then they're done. Yep. The former New Mutants, the, not that New Mutants anymore. <laughs> so we're gonna be yeah. we're gonna be talking about the Marvels. We're gonna get all into our spoiler talk about that. Um, do you want to do other stuff before that so that people can uh, tune out if they haven't watched the the movie yet and don't? No, we'll start we'll start with the reason people are here, <laughs> okay. which is the Marvels. Well, wait before um, we do that, I do have some like shout outs that I think I want to hit right at the top. This is you okay. know while people are still a captive audience. Um, okay, got a great review. Very nice from Roger Travis on uh, iTunes. Thank you so much. It's a little long. I'm not going to read it, but it's specifically very nice to me. But it's also nice to everyone on the podcast. No wonder very... you love it. Exactly. But it was very sweet. Um, and I appreciate it. Thank you, Roger. And uh, the other thing I want to shout out is a Substack stack uh, from one of our longtime community members. Um, I think they're going by Spike Stonehand in, uh, on the Substack. stack. That's a, cool, is, that's a cool name. I like yeah, that. I know their real identity. I could tell you everything about this guy, but I'm not going to. Should we um, dox him? No? Yeah, should we? Maybe. Uh, he did change all of his name, like online persona to this when he put out the uh, the thing. So maybe. maybe not. Oh, no, his Twitter handle still his like initials in his last name. So anyway, that's not the point here. He writes a substack called Divining Comics. That is excellent. Uh, I look forward to it every week. He's been breaking down like the uh, the actual form of comics and how they visually tell a story. He'll like strip the the lettering and the words out and show how you know comic book artists convey um, well whatever they want to convey just using visuals and then uh, also just a bunch of recommendations, links to like interesting comic book articles of the week. That's a section he's been doing. I've been really appreciating is like at the end of his newsletter will be like, here's seven great like interviews or news pieces about comics from this. Week. Isn't it so funny I, how appealing a links <clears throat> resource is? like that's yeah, so yeah, yeah. 1997 totally. dawn of the internet stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like actually very valuable again. <laughs> and <I'm, laughs> like, I mean, it's amazing. I'm, I'm all in on Substack now. I have totally stripped out all like algorithmic social media from my life and having substacks where it's like the five substacks I read from you know these are real human beings who tell me the news of whatever corner of the internet that they're in yeah. and then a bunch of links to like interesting stuff and other interesting articles it's great i love it um yeah anyway so divining comics uh go check it out i just want to shout out the uh i've been i've been really enjoying it okay Divi- uh, you're I, saying divining divining like, magical like ritual. yes exactly that's that's the the kind of like framing about comics is that they are magic uh, he's been using that uh you know they can just with flat images on a page all they right, can make us right. feel so that's many. enough that's enough of that Graham <laughs> well Morrison. i don't know i've also been reading grant morrison's substack and they go <laughs> on that angle they're like yeah you know, people are like reading the invisible invisible invincibles like the mere 
fact of reading the Invincibles is Invisibles. You were right the first time. Oh, was I? Damn it. The, Mor- Invisibles. the Invincibles is Morrison's Invincible Universe spinoff, where he does he oh, yeah, he's going to continue the Robert Kirkman good. saga, and it's going to be the Invincibles family. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, we'll just we'll see if Morrison can live up to the expectations of Kirkman and Stegman. We'll see. We'll see if he can measure up. Wow, what a slam on Invincible! If you sneak this off of the Convincible episode, Kirkman, actually, hate... by the way, but I'm I'm interested in the in the St- uh, Ryan Stegman version of uh, of Invincible. Oh, Ryan, what's his name? Oh yeah, yeah, Ryan Otley. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they both did Spider Man in the in the 20s yeah. as well. All right, enough fumbling and bumbling about our words. Let's get let's let's have no more errors. No more mistakes. Let's talk uh-huh. about a serious matter. Yeah. The Marvels in the MCU. Uh, it's been out for a number of weeks. We are going to spoil it. I was worried it would. It was it's... no longer going to be in my movie theater after only <laughs> yeah. two weekends. Yeah, I know. Because it has done so poorly box office wise. That's it, mostly it what I want to talk about. Turned out that was mostly not true. I want to clarify. Yeah. I like. I was. I. I looked up if it was going to be available on a Tuesday on a Sunday, and it said it wasn't. But then apparently some theaters don't put their their post-Monday schedules up until, like, the day of. Anyway, fun fact. I mostly I want to talk about box office and what that means. Culturally. Gosh, do we love a box office talk? I love I, I... talking about <laughs> I mean, I think all three... I don't know, Charlotte, are you are you with Zach and I and just not giving a flying hoot about box office numbers? Well, I'm I'm vaguely curious about box office. <laughs> yeah, that's kind yeah. of... The, I'm kind of the same. Like, it, it does mean kind of something, like, in the reception of, of, the, of the movie. But, like, yeah, yeah, that's not what matters most. Uh, that's not what I'm most interested in, but like that's definitely part of the conversation. So it's interesting to to know about, um, and just like I don't know, I'm a stats uh, nerd. Like that's interesting to me, but uh, yeah, not. I guess the thing I, that I mean, it tells per, us the praise most. Praise my favorite DC, and that was that bombed. That did really poorly. You know, I don't know. Like see, but that's, can... that ties into I guess the pro, like the one box office conversation here that I think matters is will studios support women leading superhero movies when one of them tanks <laughs> when well you said birds of prey well i know but it like live up right <clears throat> and then you get the marvels and i mean both black widow and captain marvel i think did quite well Cap- yeah, um, captain marvel did insanely well like, i'm just I, my my contention is not that that ha- that argument has no merit to me right yeah, it should be yeah, about the quality yeah. and it should be about supporting good movies but i what bothers me is the fact that there you you can just see the writing on the wall with studio heads being like, well, this bombed and it had three women in the lead. Yeah. Therefore, we better not try that again. And ignore the the context and the reality that, you know, it's like there are so many reasons, way, ways this movie was not supported. Um, the fact that it's coming this late into the MCU and that their decline was inevitable, you know, all these sorts of things. Uh, but then you can just you can see the writing on the wall with the studio heads being like, well, we better not try that again. And that's upsetting. That's why the box office to me is like an actual bummer, you know. Well, to, it, for, when yeah. it becomes I think we've talked about this a lot when it becomes the stand in for the like instead of a critical view of the movie. Right. Like people who already have a stake in wanting it to succeed or fail, then use that as evidence for it being good or bad. Which yeah. Is yeah. Right. Extremely I mean, I'm kind of curious about it. I also think, having seen the movie, I watched it and was like, oh my god, of course this is going to... Like, this movie is so weird and, like, yeah, 
in weird in ways that are pretty appealing to me but like <laughs> i i could you could just sense my audience was only like half into like a lot of the stuff going on and like was your audience kind of... more than one couple who joined you five minutes into the <laughs> that's what, yeah that's we saw it like was. i think we saw it on like day eight or something of release and it wasn't very full we saw an imax release but um yeah, it's it's really weird, and I can like walking out. I was like, oh yeah, I understand why this is bombing. <laughs> like, and it also feels like um, the I mean, like outside of comics gate circles and that kind of stuff, it doesn't feel like the conversation about around it has been like, oh, it 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 didn't work because it's a female led movie. It's mostly like, oh, it's Marvel fatigue. Like people don't yeah. care about Marvel anymore, mm. and it just feels like Marvel episode thirty five or whatever it is. Um, I right. feel like that's more where the discussion is, uh, to me, like, I, I don't know, it's, maybe it's just because I'm more online than I was, uh, in 2018, in 2019, but, uh, 20, yeah, 2019, when Marvel came Captain out, Marvel, yeah. uh, but it feels like that was more part of the discussion then than it is now. Um, I don't know, maybe I'm just out Oh, Twitter, for sure. <laughs> no, for Twitter. sure. I mean, this is the year, I mean, let's, let's back it up and just talk broadly I think this is a year of of incredibly mid average superhero films. Um I think it the the reason superhero fatigue has has boiled to such a reality in the conversation uh I think is because this year has been incredibly average and flat. You know, I think yeah. probably the best the best of the year is like Guardians 3, which feels like a relic sure. from the past. It's part, right? of it's, it's part of us. It's part of us. This one. Well, okay, okay, but I'm taking animation out of it for a second. Okay. Because animation is doing great. Yeah. Animation actually, Spider Verse. I love the Turtles movie. Uh, oh, Moon yeah. Girl and Devil on yeah, Disney I was Plus. I love. Turtles too. And uh, and and uh, the Superman, the HBO Superman animated, is really flipping good. I don't know if either of you have had the chance to watch any mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, I haven't um, finished it. Yeah. Animation is fine, and and it kind of it's what I realized is it's kind of taking me back to where I was pre-MCU peak, where my main thinking on superhero stories was these stories should be told via comics and animation. Like, those were the ways that I had... Like, those were the most interesting ways to tell these kinds of stories. And live action was just like... It always, to me, kind of felt like this this way that you could um, claim legitimacy, you know? It's like the, the adult mind needs to see real people doing these things for it to seem <laughs> mature. And I just, I never had that problem, <laughs> you know? Uh, but it was always so limited, right? Like, I, I always, listen, I like the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. I like the the first, uh, or this X2 a lot. I'd always rather read a Spider-Man or X-Men comic, you know? Um, I like the animated series of those uh, way more than I like. I like Spectacular Spider-Man animated series more than I like any live-action Spider-Man. So it kind of feels like it's come back around, to that for me where I'm like live action is kind of just a it, it's a boring way to tell these stories and we've seen so many of these stories now you know it's 15 years in post Iron Man but really it's 25 years in post Blade where like we've seen these stories told a lot of different ways and I think this year was kind of just especially with DC kind of flooding the market with fairly average product I don't know if either of you ever watched Blue Beetle I finally sat down and watched Oop. it very charming movie I love the cultural specificity. I love the Reyes family. Very charming. Um, I like I like the way their Hispanic heritage is like a core part of their identity, and it it does make it um, it makes it stand out compared to the rest of it. 
But otherwise, <laughs> the Blue Beetle superheroics of it all, are, it's like we've seen this story a dozen times, if not more. And I, the repetition, I think, is just like, at some point, this was going to grate on people. And if it's not told exceptionally, then I think there's just a sense right now of like, MCU, DC, who cares? It's just too much of the same over a long period of time. The Marvels is way better than its critical reception. And it's certainly way better than its box office, I think. Um, but it's not like it's uh, super special. It doesn't really excel at any particular thing, you know? Um, so I can't, I can't be too over-defensive about, like, this movie getting a raw deal. I think it's, you know, the other movie that got just hammered was Eternals, right? Got well, hammered critically. Well, Quantumania deserves it. But Eternals, <laughs> I think, is better than its critical reception. But I don't actually love Eternals. I think Marvels is better than both of those. I think Quantumania um, is also better than its critical reception. Yeah, we've already true. had that discussion. <laughs> we, we've had that chat. That's, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, I understand people disagree with me. Um, I don't know, Charlotte, what do, you, what do you think in terms of like the Marvels getting kind of, because the box office did poorly, but it also got, you know, it got a very bad critical reception as well. I mean, yeah, to me, that's, I mean, we've had that talk before about like how the MCU has evolved in, in, in its critical reception. If the Marvels had come out in like 2012, it'd be incredibly acclaimed. Like people would yeah. love it. It'd be, it'd be sure. incredibly new. It's not anymore. It just feels like the tense version of the same thing. Um, and I think that's a big part of it. People are, or at least like the bad critical reception has more to do with fatigue and with the lack of novelty more than anything else. Um, and it feels like there's like a general change of the, like change of the cultural perception of the MCU where it's like more okay to be like, yeah, the MCU sucks. Everyone knows that. Everyone's okay with, with that being the, yeah, the, that tide has turned. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think that's part of it, because, like, if you judge the movie on its own as, like, one singular movie, which is hard to do, because it's the MCU, it's, it's fine, it's okay, to me it was better than the first one, uh, which I didn't like that much, I yeah. was pretty mid on, the, on Captain Marvel 1, um, especially, like, I felt like there was nothing going on with, the, at least, like, I feel like you didn't get to know the main character by the end of the movie, which is, like, the th thing the MCU is usually good at, like, being a yeah. fun character that you, you you care about and, like, want to keep following. Captain Marvel wasn't that for me until this movie. I think this movie is better at giving, like, that character a core and, like, Brie Larson had more fun stuff to do with the character uh, this time around. What? What? <laughs> Sorry, I just totally disagree. I'm, like... The exact opposite. I kind of think she, all the fun Brie Larson like swagger that she gets uh, in that first movie in Endgame. There was nothing like, in the first movie. Like she, she wasn't acting for most of the movie. Like she was just going know, through it like a ghost. Um, no, she's pretty. She's pretty good. She's pretty. She's pretty I, I think she's a really good actress, but not in the first movie. Or like mm. she in the way she was directed in the in the story choices. I, but I liked. I liked the it, the kind of cockiness that she brought to that first one that gets kind of stripped away here in yeah. a way that I find kind of a bummer but anyway um, but honestly the main reason I liked or at least most uh, I don't know had a fun time with uh, an okay time with uh, the Marvels <laughs> a, a 
terrible time with the Marvel. <laughs> no, I, I had a fine time with the movie. Um, like, I was, like, kind of frustrated and, like, annoyed by some stuff. But, like, overall, I had an okay time. It's Iman Vellani. Like, she's she's yeah. absolutely perfect as, as Kamala. And, like, she's... Yeah. I don't know. She's great. I, I'm, like, so sad that I didn't like her show and that I'm, like, mid on this. I like the Khan family a lot, too. The yeah, Khan family is, she's like... She's just so fun. You know, my favorite just supporting so family. Um, and, like, I, I hope... I, I we'll probably see more uh, of them, given the, the end of the movie. But, like, I don't know. It's just fun to, to hang to hang out with, with her and, and that cast of characters more than, like, anything else going on in the movie. Because, like, this isn't, like, a, a like... Fun sci-fi plot stuff, uh, like the the villains well, are okay. just a big uh, nothing, yeah, and the yeah, like. Yeah. The plot is just nothing, and it makes the, okay. Sense. The plot is nothing. Let me. I'll. I'm gonna agree with you on that. Sci-fi plot, pretty bad. It honestly, yeah. I kept watching it, being like, I don't understand. Like, did you forget to like establish the stakes of this? Because like, I I kind of feel like you feel like we already know and understand what the villain's motivation is, and we largely don't. It's and to then, get like, I mean, the quantum bands. Feels That's like uh, I know, but like, like no, no, I, disease. I agree. Yeah. Like yeah, it yeah. feels like there there was like an initial version of this where like it's clearer, and then like after three months of reshoots and reshoots and reshoots, it just like doesn't quite make sense anymore. Like it feels like a Frankenstein of a movie. It does. Um, it, yeah, it's weirdly like. I think the only MCU movie that I've ever thought, like, this could have been 20 minutes longer. I think this would have been helped by being... Because it's only an hour 40, which is pretty short for these <laughs> which things. Which I loved. I mean, that was yeah, one I of my favorite things about that. it. Yeah. I loved yeah. that time frame for a movie. But I'm like, personally. this maybe could have... Worked. There's a few, like, thematic beats here that feel so undercooked. Yeah. Uh, like, the Taoni Paris, Brie Larson, um, you know, like yeah. her abandoning her that just gets wrapped up with <laughs> Brie Larson doing a genocide... And then Taoni, or I'm just going to call her Photon. Uh, Photon um, being like, yeah, but family forgives. And that's the conclusion <laughs> to Brie Larson's like, apology <laughs> like, yeah. that's, Hey, hey, it. that's in character. She did the same thing with Wanda. She's it's a very so, forgiving person. <laughs> it, that's true. It was so funny when Brie Larson was like, I accidentally put out their son. And then she's just like, I couldn't come to back to Earth because of that. And Photon's like, yeah, but family would have forgiven you. You should, you know, that's not how family operates. And that yeah. was like, oh, okay. I guess it's very weird uh, to kind of brush that under the table. Anyway, can I we, agree. Can we, All that, well, wait, I, hang on. I, want, I do want to talk yeah. about that plot point. We don't have to write this second. Yeah. But I do want yeah. to talk about the plot point of, of Brie putting out homeworld son okay i we should come back to that please which which she i it took me a long time to wrap my head around she didn't actually i was like did you put out the sun no she killed the supreme intelligence which led to wars civil wars scroll wars yes that then caused them to like deplete all their resources yeah and Okay, that was that was kind of my point. Of it, it was a yeah. very Peter Parker guilt way of rationalizing yeah. something. It's like how can I how can I put the most guilt on myself <laughs> for this unfortunate series of events? Oh, I will explain this as I personally put out their son, which is like, but also oh, no, like the movie obscured what that meant, uh, it, like not intentionally, I don't think, but like you know, we we were, I had to like Rose and I were talking about it on the way home and like figured that out, like. So how did the sun go out? Like it seems like Brie Larson did that. How did? <laughs> yeah. Is it like Brie there's a, Larson, there's a the movie wolf, of real life continuity <laughs> between those two? Like between like yeah. what happens in the first one and, and like I was confused. Is the Kree Civil War thing a thing that's referred to in 
Guardians of the Galaxy with Ronan <laughs> and stuff like that? Or is it just like something they added here? But like in the past of the movie, that's never quite explained. And that, like it feels like there's a missing piece somewhere. Yeah, just like, all, I mean, you can kind of piece it together in your mind. It just is. It's very hand wavy. Yeah, you know, they're just kind of like you know. Although I did love the scene of her showing up on the Kree homeworld and seeing the supreme intelligence. It looked. Uh, I like the look of that thing. Just the big old head and yeah. jar, and it wasn't as blobby as the the comics, but but it, it also felt like kind of. Um, I don't know, miscommunication between different parts of the MCU, because, like, Secret Invasion ends on, uh, like, big talk about uh, peace talks between the Kree and the Scrolls, and, like, that gets completely washed away in the first, like, 20 minutes of the movie. It's like, that's the well, very next that, project. Right? You like... could coordinate a bit more between, like... It's so strange the way they do this, of, like, anything they tease, like... Nothing big they tease from one movie to the next has gotten picked up in like quite a while. I'm sorry, just the uh, the it's the nerdiest thing that you've ever said to be like, you know, <laughs> watching the Marvels and being like, oh, those peace talks! Come on, <laughs> I was so I mean, excited to see those. <laughs> I know what you, I said. Like that's I, true, that's fair. But like, I, I, I do you think that's kind of the thing of the MCU thing. of like those post credit scene and those like teases of what comes next like are supposed to matter and like even in the first phase they don't always but like okay here most I, of them do pay off at some point and it more, is frustrating to be like oh so even those don't mean anything right like that's just like yeah crushing one more thing of like possible excitement of the mcu and being like okay so the, even this is like kind of nothing anymore i mean they, they've done that with the movies pre-shows too right like yeah. civil war ends like with I think Civil War ends with like, oh my god, how will Captain America and Iron Man ever reconcile? And then Infinity War, they just like nod at each other once. And, but even you know. that is like three years you felt later. That tension, this though. is like oh, the I mean, very next nothing. project, and it, yeah. and it was yeah. kind of important. I we talked about this in the past. I know Charlotte and I like it was important that we spent some time explaining what Carol had been doing all of these years in terms of trying to help the Skrull. Because, you know, at least certainly in Secret Invasion, it's kind of, you know, there's this anger at Nick Fury for not finding the Skrulls a home planet because they end the first Captain Marvel movie as refugees. And it's like that was Carol's job, Mm -hmm. right? She's supposed to be in space helping do that. They don't really talk about that much at all. You know, I think think Carol's journey, the reason she's not on Earth, actually was interesting. And they yada yada it. And just made it, well, she didn't return because of guilt. Okay, but what was she doing? There are little references to it that are fun. For example, the fact that she's, you know, betrothed to a singing planet. Like, that was fun cosmic stuff. Yeah. That I liked. I I think, to Charlotte's point, there is a missing, a huge missing integration of the MCU Marvel cosmic. This movie should feel like an extension of Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, um, at moments it does. The singing planet, the flurkin, yeah, and the those cat are the seats. two big swings that it takes. And they're great. Yeah, they're really, they're, they're really enjoyable. Those are the moments where you're like, if James Gunn did this, people would be losing their damn minds with praise. Well, it, it too, okay. I, I think I really liked both those moments, and I actually kind of liked them in a different way than Gunn. I think they were done a little more earnestly, maybe than Gunn, which I appreciated. Like. And I, but also, I don't think they were pulled off quite as well. Like, neither no, moment was yeah, pitch perfect. Kind of but I, 
a, a little bit, but I also like just kind of liked that they were going there enough that it carried me through. Like I appreciated that they were not. I mean, the singing planet making... was underbaked. If you're gonna do a yeah. singing planet, give me a damn song and dance routine with Kamala yeah. and Tiana and Bree all singing. Um, like, I know yeah, they think they did like, that, but they didn't. It yeah. felt like ask some random person on the street like vaguely what Broadway musicals sound like and yeah, that's yeah, what they sure. have like right. it yeah. didn't that really sound like a musical it felt bad. kind yeah. of yeah and then but like that's what I meant when I said like walking away I was like I could see how this because my yeah. audience like the capacity to cringe at that scene I think is pretty high yeah I, sure. I think I kind of fell on the line of like oh I, I you know this isn't working fully but like I like that they're doing something silly but i feel like they like, don't go for it. it enough like the main yeah. guy of the planet is bilingual and like doesn't sing for the rest of the movie like even when he's talking to other characters and carol and company like right. no have him sing all the way through that's like way more fun like commit to the bit and i think mm. they didn't commit enough to to it being like weird and fun yeah. um which is kind of disappointing like that also feels like kind of Adding to it being kind of Frankenstein monster of a movie of like, totally. It's, it's individual the parts that could MCU be interesting, movie, but like nothing is nothing. They don't commit to anything. Uh, Eternals is, is pretty kind of, weird too. Yeah, I, I think, think in it's terms of really like the messiness weird. of it. Really, I don't. I don't know. I have to watch that one again. It's been it's been a bit, but I I kind of think like just in as much as like how many things this is smushing together uh, in different tones, it picks up and carries. I think it's a weird one. It's gonna be the like. Star Wars episode, like prequel of the MCU, in like a few years. I keep predicting, like, in a few years, people will be like, it's actually the best MCU movie because it's got that really strange, <laughs> yeah, kind of like mishmash of stuff. And people, are I wanted like, to just, I wanted to leave thinking that I did, it's you know, because I the backlash sure, was so strong, and then I was like, well, yeah. me, and then I, you know, I saw Zach, you were relatively positive, and I saw that from mm-hmm. some other people I like, and I was like, well, maybe I'll secretly love this, and I, you know, I, I just couldn't, I never got there. It is weirdly indebted. To the first movie, which we, you know, probably should have seen coming, but they just, I don't know, their timing, the timing of release of these things is just off. Um, I, I just, I keep going back to, like, strategically, it's so bizarre to me that this isn't Captain Marvel 2. I just, I don't know, I know we're ignoring it, and it's just kind of an easy thing to blow by, but it's like, calling this the Marvels, I just, I find that offensive. Um, every other character who's supposed to be leading a franchise gets an extension of their franchise, Captain Marvel, whose first movie did very well, gets rebranded. Like that's what you do when you have like trouble. <laughs> is you yeah, rebrand. That's a good point, yeah. You know, it, calling not calling this Captain Marvel 2 is like just I just I don't know if it's like I think that I, financially I, important or not, but it's definitely offensive to me in terms of how you value this character. And then you come into the movie and it's like, cool, how are we going to commit to making this a cool movie? What are we going to give MCU fandom to just give them that dopamine rush? Of of Marvel comic stuff that they know and love. Yeah, Darben. Darben's our best bet. We are <laughs> never going to elevate about like to me, that is just a forget the performance, forget the the plot, whatever is there of this character who has a fine enough narrative. Like, forget all that. That to me is saying we do not care about this movie. There there are no other examples in the entire flippin' MCU where they have foregone the attempt at a villain to this degree there are the mcu is not great at villains right but like they do not try at all um and to me that was and 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 the crazy thing the craziest thing is you've got quantum bands you have by the end of this movie 
a rip in space and time with quantum bands and someone wearing them going to the other side. Do you know what that always is in comics? No. It's going to the negative zone. That's Rick Jones and Captain Marvel splitting time in the negative zone. When that Ooh, happens, I didn't, I didn't I'm thinking, oh, Tayana and, and Iman Vellani are going to have the Captain Marvel Rick Jones dynamic in the negative zone. How interesting. And we're setting up for post credits with Annihilus. Hell yeah. No, they don't do any of that. They don't do any of that. They're not even using the puzzle pieces that they're putting on the board themselves. I, I didn't get that at all. I don't know if you all have the same. And then, listen to this. I'm playing <laughs> I'm playing Marvel Snap. Uh-huh. I'm playing Marvel Snap. Marvel Snap looks at the Marvels, and they're like, oh, this is a cosmic movie. And, uh, you know, it's got it's got these quantum bands, negative zone. It's super cosmic. Let's uh, let's pull in Gladiator from the Shi'ar. Mm-hmm. Let's pull yeah. in Annihilus. We're going to we're going to add those cards to Marvel Snap. Why does Marvel Snap have a better sense? <laughs> no better. Yeah. Of I cosmic mean, even, even connections. Bird, right. Like, yes, like I said, something. Bird. Yeah. There's I mean, no reason you can't be using these these players now. The thing that's so weird about Dal Ben as a character is like. By the end of the movie, they try to make her kind of as, like, sympathetic because of, like... I mean, her motivations are, like, saving her planet. But, like, the rest of the movie is, like, the Killmonger problem but pushed to the maximum of, like... Oh, no, she's just reacting insanely to everything. Like, there is no way that she's a sympathetic character, like, in the way she's acted and, and directed. Yeah. But, like, that's kind of the role they want her to have, which doesn't work at all like and like while you were talking Dave I was thinking the version of this movie where like the main bad guy is like Marvel Boy you know like with like weird Grant Morrison powers and stuff like that and like yeah and like making the characters more sympathetic that by the end of the movie like they can be a player that sticks around um like that's that's more fun um but like Darben is just kind of a big nothing and feels like yeah she she feels kind of like the a mix up of everything people don't like about MCU villains right of like yeah, yeah. insane reactions to stuff and like big difference between their motivations and the way they behave and like just not memorable at all even like just and then killed visually off. it's just like <laughs> Ronan but like less visually interesting uh, and and killed off by the end, yeah. That's and Ronan Ronan doesn't get enough credit for being one of the worst MCU villains. Yeah, for or sure. one of the most wasted. <laughs> like especially with like, like Lee Pace. Sometimes they bring in the best actor to do to do nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like Oscar Isaac's Apocalypse. I know it's not MCU, but yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's just it's such a waste. And it's I mean, listen, like we've had a few swings at this now, and that's what I'm talking about: cosmic integration. The Kree mean nothing in the MCU. The Kree are not interesting. They are not important. They are boring as hell. That is our Kree experience so far yeah, in the yeah, MCU. Yeah. They should... <laughs> and you, in the comics, to be clear. <sighs> I mean, mostly, yeah, but like <laughs> yeah. There, there are things I like that do happen, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, the Kree score war has weight, right? Even if it doesn't... Even if we come away, and Zach, I know you're more negative about it than I was, it has weight. It feels like a moment. Um, you know, the Skrulls have been... You know, they inverted the trope, but now you're also kind of pantsing them, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, like the Skrull Empire is not is not an interesting threat. Yeah. And by the way, Secret Invasion, what do you mean they didn't find a planet? They have a planet at the beginning of the <laughs> yeah. Marvels. Yeah. What? That's insane. Seemed okay. The biggest, 
world's biggest secret invasion defender on the side. <laughs> Charlotte? No, no, she's criticizing it. She's no, no, I'm criticizing it. It's uh, insane no, she that she loves the secret anxiety... invasion so much that she's upset that nothing else carried forth its legacy. I think it's fair to criticize and say this that secret invasion should have mattered as well. No, no, I'm, what I'm criticizing is like the plot point that Captain Marvel actually didn't find a scrolls a planet makes no sense in Secret Invasion, but it makes even less sense given that in the Marvels they do have a planet. Yes. What the hell, Marvel? Like <laughs> you're yeah. supposed to be cohesive and like listen to like each movie and show is supposed to like be in conversation with each other. This is what? Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> okay, yeah. can we can we stop beating up on this movie for just two minutes, so I can talk about what I like about it. Well, I do. I do just want to. Oh God! No, I do. I just want to beat up on some other <laughs> some other elements. No, no. What I actually what I want to clarify, and this is probably not coming through, but I think it's important. Is to me, it's less about beating up the Marvels, and more about beating up Marvel Studios. Yeah. And a conviction, and a commitment for this movie to work, and I feel it's it bothers me that that is absent in these big picture strategic ways because you have a really good cast. The three of them together, finding out how to use their powers, very fun. I liked those I liked those montages. I liked yeah. the moments. I love the cons. I love Amon Vellani as Miss Marvel. Nia DaCosta, I think, did a good job with the the Florkin scenes and the the occasional efforts to differentiate this movie from, you know, so many superhero things. There's a lot of potential here, you know? And I think it's just like, it felt like, it felt like strategically the studio just didn't give a damn. I don't know. I can't shake that feeling. And that bothers me a lot. So please, Zach. All right. I think, I think we're underselling a little bit some of the successes of the movie. Cause I think there's a lot of potential. I think like, if you're not judging it fully as like a, interlocking puzzle piece of the MCU, which it is, it, you know, and I think that's fair, like, that the story's kind of extremely flimsy. I think the character dynamic stuff is really good. I think the three leads bouncing off each other are generally, like, yeah. very fun, especially Amon Vellani with the other two. Like, she's a great addition. And I think the action in this movie is some of the best we've seen in a while. I really like the action in this movie. And then afterwards, I found out that Nia DaCosta is a big Final Fantasy VII Advent Children fan, which is the anime, CGI anime movie spinoff of Final Fantasy VII, which I don't know if either of you have seen this. Oh, several Uh, times. I've seen it probably four or five times. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's not actually particularly good, but I still have seen it four or five times. But the action in it's very good in a big, silly anime way. And learning that, I was like, oh my god, that makes so much sense with what's happening here. I think the action is really good. I think that main premise and conceit of the three of them being interlocked works so well for character reasons, for comedy, for a bunch of different stuff. And it runs through the whole movie. I think that carries a lot of this movie for me, is the, like... Like, that first action scene, where they're switching between, like, a Kree ship, the moon, I think, and... uh, (laughs) Kamala's house. Um, those. Oh no, no! It's the the Kree ship, the shield or the saber, uh, like why, elevator. Why saber? And why not sword? Why not? Why not stick with? Sword? Yeah, I don't why, know. That it, seems so weird strange. To me. But anyway, it's pretty yeah. strange. Pretty yeah. strange. But that action scene, I think, is great. 
I think that action scene was really clear, like the visual communication of what's happening, and that's tricky. Have an action scene split into three places where the three leads are swapping between those three places. I thought it was super fun. And uh, like big comic book action moments, like um, Kamala Harris does the like. Kamala Harris. <laughs> Jesus. Kamala Khan. <laughs> I was not Lee. sure. I was not sure I'd be voting for her in 2024. <laughs> But her performance as Ms. Marvel, it swung me completely. <laughs> Talk about a swing vote. Oh, my goodness. Miss Marvel uh, creates, like, the rod in midair that's like the Dungeons & Dragons immovable rod. If anyone's played D&D here, no, no one has on this call. Um, and then, like, swings off of it to kick somebody. The uh, photon blasts some Kree guy and then phases through him to the other side and then punches him back. That's super fun. It's so good. Yeah. There's a ton yeah. there's a ton of great stuff like that. And then the final action scene where they're switching like together and they've got it like coordinated and they're using it together. Really good. As well as that montage of the three of them training. I think that montage was really fun of them like doing jump ropes and switching places while carrying books on their head and like all that stuff was good, looked nice, the CGI like sold the uh, the dynamics and using big expensive CGI for like small character beat stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think all that stuff really excelled and like, I'll come back to this movie because of that and because of the cons, basically. Um, like that was enough. In any other movie, if it was not an MCU movie, like it would be, oh yeah, that was pretty fun. And like that main thing is good enough of an action conceit, like premise to, you know, carry you through. Carry Um, you through what though? I just think good enough. Carry you through like a subpar villain. I mean, it's kind of same... Reminds me of, like, Alita, Battle Angel, where, like, the main story, that's pretty flimsy, but, like, the action and the personality of the the main lead is enough. Like, it's inconsistent. But, uh, <coughs> yeah. Here's something else I like. I'm going to go to bat for that I really like in the MCU is that you get a bunch of scrolls being, uh, what are they, a, they're uh, not abandoned by their planet. They're driven out of their planet. They're refugees. And Captain Marvel calls her friend Valkyrie, who's now head of Asgard, to take a bunch of scrolls away on the Rainbow Bridge. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like, that kind of stuff. I love that stuff now. I love that, like, you just get the... I, it's a dumb little cameo, but, can like... I, can I give one last rant? <laughs> I no, promise I like no, this movie. No, I, I really like, this is the kind of stuff way more, and I, this is, speaks to a larger argument we keep having, I yeah. like this stuff where you just see that the Marvel Universe just kind of, like, coexists with each other, and sure. moves in and out, and you just get Valkyrie showing up for a scene to take scrolls away on a rainbow bridge. That's yeah. such, like, comic book stuff, where, yeah. like, that would just happen in a random <clears throat> Captain Marvel comic. It's weird to think of that happening in an MCU movie. Right. That like, it, right. And that's the kind of stuff that I like. That I like that way more than thinking that they have to have some big master plan. Like that stuff matters to me more that they just have like natural integration. And it works. World. Yeah. yeah. Like that is, that is, that makes sense. It is sense just a little cameo. Asgard. But yeah. like, it is fun. And I like that, you know, it, although <laughs> Rose afterwards was like, had the two of them ever met before? I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. In Endgame, I think. But here's, so, here's my rant. Okay. And I promise I like this movie, but Marvel, it's not 2009. You can have your two girl characters kiss on screen and not give like that oh, weak little <laughs> cheek kiss. Come on, man. <laughs> like That was that feels... was like one of the ultimate MCU queer baits. Oh my God. I, I thought... Like it definitely, 
it was just like so heavily implying yeah oh yeah they're real sort of good friends are they oh my god yeah yeah but yeah, like yeah. it's like just either do this or don't like yeah. what, we don't we've never seen these characters interact in any capacity <laughs> like we don't know like either do it or don't i pick one it, and it, is, also like it feels very like it feels all the more queer baity because it's like responding to an online ship right like it's not a thing that was in the previous movies at yeah. all Sure. Um, like, if there was, like, one relationship that makes sense, like, a gay relationship in this movie is, like, Maria and Carol, right? Like, oh, Aunt Carol? Come on. Come on, please. <laughs> <laughs> we know, right? We know. Yeah, it's... it's Wait, you think you had Photon and Captain Marvel? Not not Photon. Oh. Photon's mom, right? Oh, like, oh, oh. They okay, raised... Oh, oh, okay. M- that they would make... raised Monica together, right? Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. That would actually make a lot more sense too with the emote because they they're so reliant for Photon and Monica Rambeau on her emotional connection to Carol leaving. Yeah, and, to, and that's funny you say that, Charlotte, because my dumb straight brain, I'm like, what? Just like a friend left? <laughs> like, like she, she this girl was like seven. Like, why would she have that heavy I mean, emotional connection? That's what connection? the movie is saying, right? Like, yeah, yeah. the movie is saying, oh yeah, that was my mom's best friend who was living with her all my life. <laughs> Yeah. And that I call Aunt Carol, right? That's it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so dumb. See, it's and that's so that's dumb. where their their fear of backlash to inclusivity it it actually like overrides like emotional narratives that make more sense. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I had the same feeling about uh, Cap and Bucky by Captain America three, where it's like it makes more sense emotionally. For Steve to be feeling this way and to want to kiss Bucky than it does to kiss Agent Sharon 13, Carter, yeah. his neighbor who he has no emotional connection to. You know what I mean? And it's like they're so I afraid of that. I don't know if I agree about the Bucky cap thing, but I do agree. There has never been a, a more sexless scene than the moment where they're at Agent 13's hotel and she's at the um, she's yeah. at the elevator to go to her room. And she's like, all right, I'm going back to my room. And he's like... All right, good night then. And then like walks away. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it's not played as a joke. I'm I'm yeah, yeah. playing it as, I know, as a joke. I it's know. not there's not a there's not a hint in that movie that like she might want him to come back or that he might want to go back with her to her hotel room. It's crazy how yeah. like uh, much of an afterthought that is. I do also think it would be an afterthought in this movie. Uh I I don't see. I mean, it it would be kind of fun, I'm sure, uh for a little for a real smooch, but I don't think it would like fulfill some kind of emotional. No, know, but my thing is dynamic. like either do it or don't. But like not this. Like I, I didn't pick up on like they're actually. I I guess I I'm not as attuned as you. So with uh, Valkyrie. Yeah, I missed. I didn't. Oh, I thought I was not was, picking up. On I thought that was very very heavy. It's just Tessa Thompson's natural bisexual magnetism. Okay, that might be. <laughs> yeah, that might be part of it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of gonna. All right, what else did we um, like? What else was good? Well, I'm just, let's. I mean, I don't have anything else. I'm done talking about this movie. Oh, I mean, Mister, Mister, let's talk about what's good is done. After can we talk I about like this? Very I like ending? this movie, but it's you know, yeah, the act, acting good. I mean, we should actually say the. I think it's Zawe Ashton. I don't have off the top of my head. Uh, the villain d- did the best with what she had. I I oh, really yeah. don't. Like, I don't fault her. I don't fault her. Don't fault her performance one little bit. Although I, yeah. well, I also think she didn't do that good. So like, okay, so it sounds like you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm saying like she didn't like elevate 
an otherwise like empty role. Nobody uh, to some nobody but, could have turned. Dar I don't know because I, I, I was the story thinking of the movie. <laughs> that's true, but I was thinking drop Meryl Streep in there, and I'm still like. Dar I just ben. watched. I just rewatched the first Iron Man, and uh, and Jeff Bridges has an extremely boring role, and he does make like yeah a pretty big meal of it, and and the guy from Guardians Three. Um, who, oh, eats that the rolls, hell out of High Evolutionary. Yeah, that role is like pretty dull. Uh, oh, disagree. Maybe just because I like him so much. No, no, I'm saying like on yeah. paper that that role is dull, and he turns it into like a pretty good. Um, well, maybe it's not that bad. I just I disagree with the on paper comment there. I yeah, mean, that's the emotional maybe. fulcrum of the movie. That's true. That's true. It's been a bit since. Um, yeah, Guardians Three is okay. is really flipping good. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, okay. Where this talk, ends? Talk about where this ends. Stuff. Yeah, I love this. This killed me and Rose specifically, and seemingly no one else in my theater. Yeah, like lost it at the uh, Kamala Khan doing the Nick Fury at the end of Iron Man moment, where she's waiting for Haley Steinfeld. Yeah, and, like turns in the chair and she's like, "You've just become part of a bigger world," and does like the spiel from the end. We were, I that got me so good. I was cracking up, and like not that many people really liked it. I don't know if it was like. Do they not know who this character is? Kate Bishop. They haven't seen the MCU show. They sure don't remember this as an Iron Man reference. But like, man, that it was really good. I really liked that. It was, I was surprising smiling. that it wasn't a post-credits was... scene, though. <laughs> it is weird yeah. that like yes, uh, yeah, yeah. But I was I just glad to have them confirm Young Avengers is something we're gonna you know shoot for. Um, sure, because they've been sure. building it for so yeah. long, obviously. Charlotte, were you? What was your reaction to Young Avengers and Kamala? Um, on paper, I am excited. Uh, I think I'm just a cranky nerd who just a likes friggin' hater. Yeah, yeah. I think honestly, I think I am. I really love the Young Avengers comics. That's like one of yeah. my favorite parts of the the recent uh, Marvel comics, or more or less recent, because like the first uh, first uh, volume was like 2005. We just read it. Um, but like, I love those, and like, now I'm the cranky nerd who's like, well, she's not a member of the Young Avengers in the comics. She's a <laughs> she should, they shouldn't be in the same team. <laughs> oh my god, that's, that's ridiculous. That might be nerdier than the peace talks. Huh? <laughs> I know, I know. So here's the thing: like, I don't think there's anything wrong with the scene or what they're doing, but like. In the theater, I couldn't get excited because it's like, well, that's not quite how it works in the comics, oh but okay. <laughs> I know. Ridiculous. That's great. That's I don't great. even like uh, I'm annoying Haley myself. Seinfeld as Kate Bishop and I was still like, <laughs> I'm annoying, annoying myself <laughs> with this. <laughs> that's what I'm that's saying. Like, on though. paper, like, like intellectually, <laughs> I'm... <laughs> I'm yeah, excited for this, and I think it's going to be really fun. Yeah, that's um, that's definitely nerd brain getting in your way. I yeah, think like when it's when it actually comes out and we see the thing, like I'll be yeah, that's super fun, and like, that's I think that's a good idea. I think it's a good idea for them to, and it's a good idea for them to like talk about it because like for the past five years, for no reason at all, like they've been fully silent on Young Avengers in like teasing movies and shows and stuff, but like it's only been like you're watching the thing and you're like. Yeah, that's teasing. Like, those characters could be Young Avengers, but, like, uh-huh. Marvel hasn't actually teased it out in any way, which is, like, kind of insane yeah. to me because that's a big possible yeah. thing to, to be excited about. Yeah, yeah. I might, like, it's going to be some fun fun character interactions, which is, like, like a big crossover, like, reason for characters of different movie shows to all come together. Like, that's been a big thing that's been missing. Um, and that being the Young Avengers can really, really work. Well, except really this work, movie. This movie is... 
a bunch of characters from different properties coming to. Sure, I also, we, but we it's should still point like out pretty similar. Like Photon isn't like that far removed from Captain Marvel. It's like both sci-fi and kind of like galactic sure, stuff. I guess Ms. Yeah. Marvel is the most different one because she's a downturn. But like, it's not like you have like. Ernest Garden God, a uh, super spy, and like a uh, tech millionaire within a robot suit. Like it's, it feels right. more close. Like it feels like those characters make more sense together than like the Young Avengers can have like more widely different kind of point of views and like ways they they work together. Um, I will say the the opening of this movie did. I think they did the best they could to get an audience that has not seen the MCU shows up to speed. Yeah. And it kind of showed how tough of a job that is because it was still kind of like, all right, got to get everyone in place. Got to like, you know, it was a very creaky opening, you know, despite them really trying to make it like fun and fluid and, you know, natural. I, I honestly think they could have just relied a little more on like not explaining it and just being like, yeah, it's Photon. She just, you know, she's someone who can phase through stuff. That's fine. We don't I mean, they it. yada yada at WandaVision as fast as you can. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know? it, yeah, but it still took them a while to get, like, everyone in place, uh, I, I guess. It, just, it is it funny to like... me that, that Monica's deal now is just touching big, shiny, glowing walls. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, in any instance, she will do that, and it will cause chaos. Um, it, regarding Young Avengers, that moment was very fun. I was smiling throughout the whole thing. Uh, I... I am very curious, but also skeptical of how this team will be brought together and how that will work in the MCU. Mm -hmm. um, it feels it feels like they missed their window, ironically, yeah. because yeah, the perfect of. world for a young Avengers is, you know, we just read it in the My Marvelous Year Club, and it's when the Avengers are missing or disassembled, and that's exactly what we've been dealing with for the last yeah. four years. Uh, it would have been a great time. For Young Avengers. They're so, bringing in Hulkling and Agatha, apparently. Hulkling yeah. Is, no, it seems so like Agatha strange. is now a Young Avengers stealth. But again, yeah. it's, you know, to Charlotte's point, like, those characters will be there. And whatever development they have will be ignored and, and restated for whatever movie they wind up in. Like, the shows are not, the shows are not building blocks to anything in the MCU. They are, like parallel path narratives that will be largely for character ignored. introduction i think that's like the th i mean but i'm saying if you but they but the movies are always taking the approach of we are still going to introduce the cons and kamala as sure. if no one has yeah. seen disney plus which they should numbers they shouldn't they should be <laughs> they i think they have assume. to i, I it's yeah, a challenge i don't envy i yeah. you know it's it's annoying as someone who watches the shows yeah right yeah, yeah. um but i i do also understand where they're coming from but yeah, I'm I'm skeptical of like where young. I, I also just I don't know. The MCU is not. I guess Spider Man has pulled off teen heroes, but it's kind of an untapped avenue for them. Yeah. Uh, it, I don't know if they can do it or not. But you know, I guess we'll right see. now it's what it's the the only like like cast Young Avengers are Kamala and Kate Bishop and Cassie Lang, right? And Patriots. Mm -hmm. Is like oh and page, well kind of they're gonna replace that guy right like maybe I don't know well, I think Billy and, Billy and Teddy will be in Agatha and those will yeah probably but they're be... gonna be new I'm sure they're gonna recast well they're not them, gonna right? be, like, it's not gonna be the seven year old right that's what I mean in the guy from you know oh and uh, America Chavez 
Oh, right. oh Sochi yeah, is yeah, yeah. so good on Dancing with the Stars, you guys. <laughs> Either of you? So my, this is my oh, wife and I's favorite not. old people show. She yeah. is such a good dancer, and she is really? so fun. I love, I love her so much more having watched Dancing with the Stars now that I am like rooting for her for everything. I hope America Chavez leads the Young Avengers. She is amazing. Love her. Hmm. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, just to watch that show. She should have been on the Dancing Planet. Actually, she would have done more with that than anybody else there. <laughs> How, um, how's she doing? Is she uh, is she still? She's doing well. She's in the the final four, and I would say, you know, she's in contention to win. She's up against Allison Hannigan from Buffy, who is not good, but has but has made it thus far. There's a Bachelorette left, and Jason Mraz. Jason Mraz is pretty good. He's pretty good. Oh, just this is a like let me let me clarify. This is the laugh. worst season I've watched. I've watched like four or five seasons in a row now. Um, last year was great. Last year was actually Matt really Walsh good. was eliminated first. That's he would so have been so funny. fun to have too. It's a bummer. oh my god, he's so funny. Okay, yeah. this is what are we talking about? Um, Wait, isn't Matt Walsh in like big transphobic? <laughs> no, but different guy? Matt Walsh. Okay. Oh, <laughs> oh, Veep. This is Veep, a comedian Veep, Matt Walsh, uh, supporting yes, actor. This... Matt... Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, that no, would no. suck it, to have your name co-opted like that. Oh, no, the yep. comedian, like, I think his, like, Twitter bio is, like, not that Matt Walsh. <laughs> because <laughs> he gets so much hate directed at him because oh, the other Matt Walsh. Do we want to keep going with Daving with the Stars? Or I've is got, that the end of uh, that Dave, did you, when Nick Fury said Black Girl Magic? <laughs> yeah, I thought you were joking. I th- yeah, when, I you, know. <laughs> when you chatted that to me, I thought it was a joke. And you know, I know, <laughs> I knew I would get you with that. <laughs> I was setting you up for a moment uh, in the movie yes, where you would go, like, I was, oh, what? <laughs> I was very surprised to find that line actually in the film. Me um, too. Me too. I, I do uh, dis, I really, I wish, uh, I wish Monica's was cute, role was yeah. less reduced to to sad about Carol leaving from the first movie. I, I wish Well, that. no one really has a role except for the one thing they do in this movie. I know. Which is, yeah. I know. Yeah. I just, I would like to see her given more yeah. to do. Well, speaking um, of which, she's in another universe. We should talk about this. Okay. Um, there's another universe. She wakes up. She sees her mom uh, dressed as... Um, binary? Oh, God. Yes, binary. Thank you. Which if is my, if my mom came out as binary when I thought I was dead, <laughs> man, would I be surprised? <laughs> oh my god, that I feel like that's something like you know, your like conservative like mom who wants to be very like clever would be like, uh, I'm coming out as gender binary. Actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, she she sees her mom as binary, and uh, then. What happens? Beast comes in, right? Uh, as yeah, voiced CGI and portrayed, beast. terrible, CGI terrifying beast CGI beast. Voiced the same as the Fox X Men. It's well, Kelsey it's KG, it's KGI beast. It's Kelsey KG. Grammer <laughs> interpreted beast. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> um, I am excited that they're finally, you know, like hinting at how they're going to do X Men. I hate that they're leaning on the Fox stuff. Boy, I want that to go away as soon as possible but like it yeah. seems like it's the route they're going with you know the xavier cameo from multiverse logan's going to be in deadpool like hugh jackman is logan in deadpool next year yeah this i i want them to like it, it seems crazy to me like that besides the fact that i just don't want it because i like have mixed feelings about that casting hugh jackman aside um it's just crazy that they would like throw away all the wasted like like they would use the fox versions and basically be like well we can't do apocalypse again 
Like, we won't be able to do Apocalypse, we won't be able to do... I mean, not that I need to see Phoenix anytime soon, right? But, like, there's so many X-Men stories that those movies have done that I feel like they'd want to revisit and put a spin on that, like... Well, hang on, you're putting putting the cart before the horse. I might be, I think, with those assumptions... yeah, I yeah, yeah. don't it's, think this enough. is going to be the, like. So why are they X-Men even doing it then? Like, I feel like it's just like I agree with that, well but I think bit. this like, is like, it's like an Earth to be destroyed in Secret Wars is more like what it what uh, this is to me. Yeah, uh, like oh, a big Earth of like recognizable names that you can get rid of at some point, or like Rick recognizable names, Rick Jones. A planet full of Rick Jones. Wipe should it have out. should have been in a movie with the Quantum Bands. So let's be clear. Was he an let's, incredible? And Hulk? immediately like, get killed, like <laughs> in a comedy beat at the beginning. Sure, sure. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I don't expect Zack Snyder would have killed him. To be tell yeah. you that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Beast uh, Kelsey yeah, Grammer. Think, uh, okay, I so I did. I somehow avoided this spoiler for like the first ten days after the movie, and then I I finally saw. And I like I saw some beast chatter, but I didn't know what it was about. Um, and I finally saw like, oh, it's he's in the post credits as Kelsey Grammer, and I was like, oh, okay. And and what my mind jumped to, my mind jumped to, oh, uh, there's going to be a post credits where Kamala talks to Beast about the fact that she's a mutant because that's the way the Miss Marvel Disney Plus series ends, right? So I thought like, oh wow, like they're just gonna. They're just dropping Beast into this universe. So I'm kind of getting mad. <laughs> I'm kind of like, <laughs> I'm kind of getting upset about like the I'm fact that like. in my office. I'm getting pissed. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm drinking my coffee. I'm red. getting my heart real pissed. Yeah, yeah. I'm about to queue up a live stream, start yelling. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I'm, you know, and then I go see the movie and it's not that at all. And I was actually, <laughs> disappo- I was actually disappointed that it wasn't think, that, that it think. wasn't. How much you could have ra- ranted and raved about it? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, but I was disappointed that it had nothing to do with Kamala being immune. Okay, sure. um, so I was, I was actually, I thought that might have been interesting. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what it was, it to me, it felt like just, you know, kind of the fan service, like, like the multiverse. I think they saw the success of No Way Home, and they took kind of the exact wrong lesson, which was probably true, unfortunately. Which is the fans are begging to be served, baby. Let's just give I them love, all look, the old familiar names and faces, like, which is what they did in Multiverse of Madness with yeah. uh, Patrick Stewart, which was very fun. Was super. I fun, wanted yeah. that service. I, I ordered that. I enjoyed it. Um, they're doing it again with Kelsey Grammer. I, Zach, to your point, I don't think they're actually going to move forward with the Fox X Men. I think they're just multiversal toys that they're playing with. Um, the idea that that these Fox X Men would continue in the MCU is, I, I would not like that. <laughs> I would, I think that would yeah. be incredibly lazy and really destroy the potential they have to do it their way and hopefully succeed. Um, but again, I my main, I, I don't know. I was kind of like, I was just kind of disappointed that like they played with the quantum bands and this negative zone. And instead, it was just like, oh, another character in the multiverse. I, it's interesting, I guess, for what Monica can be and do moving forward. Mm. You know, I mean, that where is that storyline going to exist? That could be interesting. Um, maybe she'll be in Deadpool three. Like, I have no idea, right? And that's I'm not disinterested in that. But I, I don't know. I wasn't like to me. It fed no X Men excitement at all. 
Yeah. Because it's yet another just like callback kind of thing. Also, Kelsey Grammer Beast, like. People people keep talking about how awesome he is as Beast. X-Men 3, The Last Stand sucked. I hated that movie. Um, And and Kelsey Grammer, as a part of that movie, like, I don't know, he's a part of the one bad X-Men movie. Why why are we excited? I don't understand. (laughs) Yeah. Kelsey Grammer Beast. Um, Speaking of fan service, MCU has totally retooled their schedule for next year. uh, Hopefully to, like, huddle down and you know, re- recoup some of their like creative energies. Um, next year we're getting one MCU movie, and it's Deadpool three, which is kind of you know only half an MCU movie now. It's being like folded in. I think that's extremely weird. We haven't had one MCU movie ever. I don't think like I think even if the Earth- no, even two thousand eight had Incredible Hulk. Yeah, I guess since like oh, I guess like the Avengers was its only movie of that year. Since two thousand thirteen, we haven't had 12. one MCU movie. It was like one, then two, then three, then four. This year, I think we had three. But like having one movie, uh, I'm gonna miss it. You know, I I know people are gonna. <laughs> I'm I'm the only one, but like I like going to. See it is amazing. It is genuinely amazing to me, like how how critical and and thoughtful you are about all the comics we cover. Yeah. In the Five Hours You're Reading Club, and then when it, it comes, and then when it comes to the MCU, you are just so forgiving. Like you are, I'm, you're I'm just so in, full in on like fandom for the show. And it's weird because I like, you know, I like have Letterboxd, which is like social media for movies. You like rate your movies and stuff. And it basically like the MCU is the only thing that I would put in its own silo of like, yeah, four stars for an MCU movie is not the same as four stars for like. A real movie, but you, <laughs> like, but I your get... your compartmentalization on that is is like Just... complete. Like that is a thick line in the mind totally. of Zach Dean. Totally right? for yeah. me, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm like, <laughs> I mean, not that I think that these are trash, right? But yes, I have like a certain level of buy-in on these where like I'm just having a blast yeah, yeah. I have a good time with these movies I, I do think I, Deadpool 3 is going to be just what the doctor ordered um, yeah, I actually it's, it's have be a lot very high hopes no, it's yeah, but be... it's also going to have enough cynicism <laughs> about what it's doing and sarcasm with it that I'm I, I'm ready to be on board it's, I am it's the guy who directed the f- free guy which ends with you know, Ryan Reynolds holding both a lightsaber and Captain America's shield. Yeah. <laughs> for like a moment for the audience to go like, whoa, like yeah. <laughs> and cheer about that. But that's it's but that's gonna... also a movie that doesn't take itself seriously. And I'm Yeah, impressed. I'm I'm a very you know what, like if this is Deadpool's Secret Wars, you know, for the comic where like we see that Deadpool was there all along during Secret War. Yeah. Uh if it's just him bounce because it is him being pushed into the mcu universe that's like the only thing i know about it and with hugh jackman's logan uh if that's the movie just the two of them sneaking around the background of you know greatest hits mcu moments right i'm, I'm so game for it yeah like, sorry i just realized the guy directing uh deadpool 3 is a guy who directed all three night at the museum movies yeah did you I'm not know in. this show? i'm absolutely all in <laughs> Except you haven't seen his recent stuff charlotte you should go see free guy in the adam project before I, you... i've seen the adam project it was fine <laughs> Um, um, I haven't seen Free Guy, but Night of the Museum also, is a delight. You don't need to. I, I don't want to spoil some other, like, cameo casting, because there's some really funny, like, multiverse, you know, uh, other Marvel property casting that they're doing. Yeah, I don't want to know. I mean, I don't want to I, I don't want to... I'm not going to spoil that, because I know some people want to know. I'm very charmed by this, because it's just the stupidest cameos. It's really sure. funny. Yeah. Um, but Matthew McFadden, 
is cast yep, in an undisclosed yep, yep. role. And if that's uh, for people who don't know, that's Tom from Succession or Mr. Darcy from the Pride and Prejudice movie. Uh, I, uh, Mr. Sinister. Yeah, he should be Mr. Sinister. I've been, I, I've been pumping that one for a while. It just well. might not be entire. You know, like that's such fan casting, but like he's in it, so like he'd be such a good Mr. Sinister. That would work would really be, well. Oh Which my god, be, he'd like be Pete Wisdom or something. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, totally. No, it could go. I mean, so it's that they could go a totally different. Who the direction. hell is Pete Wisdom? What? That's the question you should be asking. It's <laughs> 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 a right reaction to what I just said. He's like an Excalibur guy, like a um, MI5 oh. Oh, agent oh, or something. Oh, like oh. yeah. Okay, I'm looking him up. He looks kind of familiar. If you cared half as much about Pete Wisdom as you did the MCU, the My Marvel <laughs> Comics Club would be so. Look, much and I will say, you know, the MCU cannot. Uh, do it's not like it can do no wrong like i didn't finish secret invasion i didn't watch what if you know like you still haven't seen loki i haven't fin- i am going to watch loki though i'm excited about that but like i had to drag myself through the end of you know miss marvel uh like the shows have tested my patience a little bit although some of this you know she hulk she hulk was great i like moon knight all the way through so zach i don't um, i think last time charlotte and i talked about it do you want do you want this Marvel to go forever? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Do you want the MCU to move away from the king of it all? Are you here for that? Oh, I don't. I don't know. I don't care. Like you don't care. Yes, you do. You like these. Movies. Well, I mean, they haven't set up enough that I'll be like, you know, oh man, that's a bummer that they had to drop all that. Like if they drop, I mean, I guess I haven't seen Loki season two. So, but like basically, we've seen Loki's. I've seen Loki season one and Quantum Mania and. With the Kang of it in those, it would be like, okay, if they just had to move on from Kang because of Jonathan Majors, at this point it wouldn't be too, too bad. I, I think they could just recast, though, you know? like Well, that that ship seems to have sailed, but it would have made sense. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll see. I, have, uh, I mean, this is a, it's a mid-tier MCU yeah. movie to me. The idea that it is yeah, it's, among the MCU's worst is, I think, completely false. I think completely yeah, misguided. Totally. It's... The box office suffering that we started at the beginning, I mean, in no way does that make sense on a quality level compared to the rest of the MCU. You know? I, like, I even it thought is, the, it like, is other factors. The trailers look good. Like, leading up to it, I was like, oh, sure. the trailers look kind of fun. So, yeah. like, But you could know. you could see the writing on the wall for this not yeah. doing well. I mean, yeah. is anyone yeah. surprised? I I certainly am not. Yeah. Um, can I can I share my dumb nerd pitch for the, the third movie in this, like, weird trilogy? Y- yeah, what are you going to call it? You gotta think of a new name. Yeah, because the Marvels two would be stupid. Captain Marvel three would be even stupider. <laughs> but here's my thing: the Marvels is about like Captain Marvel like starting to work as a team with other uh-huh. like Marvel rated characters. So you go from Captain Marvel to the Marvels to the Ultimates, and you do Al Ewing's Ultimates. Ooh. Yeah, and like yeah. kind of like a um, cosmic slash multiversal team with Captain Marvel, and like. You have it be kind of what Civil War was. Like, the end of the trilogy is also kind of like a big crossover thing. And, like, yeah. I don't know, Shuri could be on it. Like, other similar characters of the Marvel Universe. That sounds to me like a fun way of ending this trilogy. But they could also just do, like, again, a, like, Kree scroll thing. <laughs> and, like, not move away. They're from... not doing another one of these movies. There's, there's no way. There's no way. I, this. I mean, I think. I, I haven't looked it up that closely. I think it's, like, the biggest bomb that they've had i think it's like oh, one it of the only sure. ones that yeah. will like just not make money like it, it will lose them a lot of money <laughs> which yeah. is not uh, but like oh, the mc yeah. doesn't i don't know like they 
when have they ever like fully dropped a franchise? I don't think they've had a, to. A, a you ter- know? Yeah, they haven't had to because I don't think they've ever had a movie that just like totally lost. Maybe the Eternals, and they might drop the Eternals, right? Yeah. So like the Eternals. But, like, the like doing the ultimate but, something is a way of like not. <laughs> Not they might not drop the, the characters, right? Like, I, I think they'd be insane yeah. to not, like, still, you know, take them on Valani and be like, you're going to be, you know, like a keystone. Kamala's going <laughs> to be in the Young Avengers. Carol will be yeah. in whatever iteration of the Avengers comes back. And they might forget Monica in the multiverse. That is unfortunately possible. But, uh, I mean, well, I'd like thing, to see what I mean, happens there. They do have, you know, like, when it works... When the MCU is firing on all cylinders, you don't have to see everything, but it makes you want to go back and see stuff, right? So, like, you can have those characters coming in and still be like, these are great characters. Oh, who's that? I guess I'll go check out WandaVision to see, like, what her deal is, right? I don't think this movie does that that well, but, you know, like, they don't have to abandon someone because they're not working, you know, in a movie because the character... None of the characters are the problem here. Yeah, 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 exactly. And it's still the strength of the MCU, I think. Good good characters. Um, like Darwin. The rest of De- you, want to, yeah. you want to talk about the rest of December, what we're doing on the podcast? Um, yeah, so we're going to review the Marvels every weekend. Um, yeah, I think we're just going <laughs> to... We're just going to keep I, I, I did leave this movie being like, I just don't want to talk about... Th- I hope we don't talk about this on the podcast. Yeah, I had yeah. a good time, but I don't need to, like, break down the... It, it is funny, like... You and I do have switched, or we we are kind of opposite on the comics to some degree. I don't think you're quite as much of just a fanboy of the comics, but like you're way more just kind of on board with the comics, and I'm way more cynical. And we kind of switch those roles when it comes to the movies, which is funny because I'm like a real cinephile. You know, that's how uh, I've been described. Not I don't say that about myself. Many course, people are saying a lot of people say that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. my rule is always to be mid. I am. <laughs> my opinion is mid. Yeah. And to, to to talk about the peace accords that are missing from. Yep. That's you had a, you had two great uh, nerd angles that I definitely was not. Seeing, <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, that That's gonna happen more and more as we get closer to like when I started reading comics. Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, which I do think is. I mean, it's a topic for another time, but it's it is kind of like, you know, it, it kind of feels like they burned through a lot of stuff real fast from the from like comics foundations. You know what I mean? Um, and obviously, we know there's a lot more story out there, but it does feel like they just keep kind of getting closer and closer to like present day comics. You know, like with Young Avengers and with that sort of stuff, where sure, it's like, yeah. okay, and like I'm not opposed to them like making up their own stories, which is kind of what they do anyway. Um, but those foundations are like, they're kind of running out. I, and, you say uh, like burn through it fast as if it hasn't been 15 years and 33 films. Yeah, yeah. No, I guess <laughs> that's know? the thing. Well, yeah. that's what I said last time we talked. Unprecedented. Like, it, is, yeah. it is preposterous that this lasted, that this was great as long as it was, is a miracle. And that people have an expectation that 15 years in, it will be blowing minds and achieving the same level of success. No media does that. No media, you know? Definitely not a movie franchise. Like, it's just... Not even comics, you know? Comics. Like, and that's, I guess that's kind of where I was going, is, like, in the My Marvelous Year Club, what, you know, if you take away anything, like, there are, there are phases to this, right? There are ebbs and there are peaks and valleys, and one of the nice things, or one of the 
the joys, I think, of going through the full history of Marvel is when you stick with it, you come back around to like real highs, you know, but it, it doesn't just stay at a peak level <laughs> for 15 straight years, you know? I mean, I don't know what, ex- I haven't done the, I haven't looked at it to think about this enough, but you know, what would you say every, every five years, maybe every seven years, some yeah. turnover, you know, and you kind of hit a phase where it's like, oh, this isn't as good as it was, you know, it's like, it's just natural. Um, yeah. And that's, the MCU is definitely in, in a valley, you know? Um, but, you I'd know, say it's, it's not like impossible. It can come back the out. The hills. It's in the hills. We got. I, you know, I would say this is. I would say this is the worst year the MCU has had. No, that's great. It's not. It's not me, at all. Let me look. Find uh, a worse year. Well, because this year we had Quantum Mania and Marvels and Guardian. I mean, Quantum Mania think... is one of my least favorite Marvel movies. The Marvels yeah. is very average and doing very poorly. Secret Invasion is the worst thing they've done on TV. Yeah, and uh, and and Guardians Three like, is very good, but it also kind of feels like it belonged to the old the old guard. So it's almost hard yeah. to count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I guess twenty twenty one immediate post end game was Black Widow, Shang Chi, Eternals, but then it got No Way Home, and I like Black Widow. Also, twenty twenty one is like Loki, Wanda Vision. Like yeah, those are way like better. High That's highs. a good year. All right, all right. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Yeah, the TV definitely pull stuff down but we've had good shows this year too like she hulk and moon knight came out this year those were not this year that was last year man what is time (laughs) 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 um okay let's talk about what we're gonna do next this episode's coming out november 27th uh on the 4th december 4th we're gonna be doing convincible episode number two which is our podcast covering the invincible series our podcast like it's not just in the same feed it's the little side project um you can find the episodes for that or the issues that we're gonna be reading dave will you put those in the show notes. Is that right? Just we like will, always. Uh oh, for have you, for this for episode, Invincible. For Invincible. Um, yeah. yeah, I guess we could do that. I'll think about okay. it. It's it's also on the uh, the spreadsheet. Um, and you know, I'll just say it out loud. It's volumes five, six, and seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's better. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then the next week, uh, December eleventh, we're going to be covering back to like a regular episode. We'll be doing the Excalibur House of M <clears throat> episode. And Love then, that you always credit Excalibur first. <laughs> I know. I keep reading it. It's not Excalibur. It's the House <laughs> of M with one Excalibur issue. Um, and then on December 18th, we're going to be... Wait, what are we doing December 18th? Christmas party. Uh, end oh, yeah, of the year Christmas special. Episode. Yep. On the... Uh, so the 17th... Yeah, yeah. We're going to just do our end of year lists, kind of our wrap up. And at my behest, and this is a one of the weirder things of making everyone do... Uh, there's an Indian movie, I think it's Bollywood, because I'm pretty sure it's a Hindi movie, uh, called Jawan, J-A-W-A-N. It is on Netflix right now. It is a big action musical, you know, romance comedy mix. Uh, they call them masala movies. Uh, and I really want to talk about it because one, it was one of my favorite movies this year. saw it twice in theaters. And two, because I think it has lessons that superhero movies in America should really take away from it it's really fun if you saw rrr you'll have a good time with this um and charlotte and dave and i will chat about that on that episode do you think the music planet was the marvel's attempt to take some lessons from rrr i mean the thing is like bollywood has been doing this no i know but that we said this we said this last year where we were like superhero movies should take some lessons from this excellent film if that if that 
was. It's kind of sad. It's <laughs> yeah. kind of well, Eternals did a similar thing too. Eternals did a quick little music number. Yeah, with, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Kamal Nanjiani. But uh, yeah, Jawan, I'm going to say, does not have any music numbers as good as Natu Natu from RR. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It doesn't have as good dance music dance scenes, but it's got like. Is that the dance off battle? Yeah. yeah, but yeah. I think that's the only really big dance sequence in uh, that. This one has like three or four dance songs and all are pretty, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. I um, do. Uh, Jawan has sent me. Yeah. Unlike RRR, which I really like, Jawan has sent us down a rabbit hole of watching Indian movies and getting into it. And like, uh, we've probably watched 10, a dozen in the last couple of months. What are, what are your multiple theater viewing? You said you've seen this twice in theaters. Do you have other ones? Not for a while. Like Endgame was probably the last one. I oh, okay, saw, okay. So that's an unusual that behavior for you. Yeah. Yeah, totally, totally. I mean, also like I have uh, that AMC Pass thing where you can just go see three movies a week. So it was like just a Sunday afternoon. And I was like, I'll just go see Juwan again. Like I don't have to pay for it. You yeah. Know? Like I already have the pass. So I'm, and I had a great time with three young boys. I'm often just like, I'm just gonna go to the movies. I'm just gonna yeah. like go do these crazy things and live my life <laughs> the way I um, intended. Did you see Napoleon? We saw that this week too. Did I see Napoleon? How could I? He's so tiny. <laughs> He's so tiny. Um, yeah, it's fine. I saw five minutes of Jawan. It wasn't good. <laughs> I want to. I want to hear Charlotte's review of yeah. Napoleon and all the. Yeah. Historical oh yeah, Charlotte. French did you see Napoleon? No, I haven't seen Napoleon. I'm really curious. I, see, I was watching it. I see enough like... propaganda about Napoleon day to day living <laughs> in France. I don't need to see it's a really pretty, version of it. It's pretty sneering at Napoleon. He does. Okay. It, it is not. You don't walk away being like, what a cool guy. You walk away. Like, it ends, the movie literally ends with, like, fade to black and then lists of all the people dead <laughs> and all the battles caused by him. Okay. Um, Maybe. So it, 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 it is it, also three hours and, and I have to work. <laughs> like, I, I haven't seen really the new Scorsese or the new Miyazaki yet, so that's uh, going to be first. Yeah. Miyazaki's not here yet, but I'm... Ooh, oh, it's, it's out here I'm in excited. France. I already got my tickets for, like, December 7th or something. Um... Napoleon, I was really curious about you, though. I kept thinking about you because it's a, like, half-American British production. It's, like, largely using British actors, a mix of British and American. And they, like, have British accents, but it's French. But they're also interfacing with the British very often, right? Like, in the movie, who also just have British accents. I mean, it's, that's usual, right? Like That's pretty normal for, like, British productions of French right, stuff. But like, I'm just like, what? Even in American productions, French like, accents? the French and, like, even, like, the Romans or the Greeks all have British accents, usually. Like, yeah. that's how they yeah. signal that. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that feels... It's just weird in a movie where, like, the British play a big role. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, like, the... The, the alternate yeah. version of this is, like, Gerard Depardieu plays Napoleon, and that's not something... Or they just do French accents, right? Like, a lot of these people could... <laughs> Would that be better, though? Would that be yeah, better? Maybe not. Anyway, it's fine. Like, you forget it immediately. It's just, it's funny sometimes when you think, like, oh, yeah, that's right. They're all speaking French, yeah. like, compared to the British who are speaking They should do what Marvel Queen's does, English. which is, like, take French-Canadian actors to play to play French uh-huh. roles. I was just, <laughs> I was at a Thanksgiving, like, a Friendsgiving, Charlotte, and somehow that came up. And I was talking about, like, my friend in France who gets so <laughs> mad that a Marvel character... And I had to, like, explain, like, who Batrock was to, like, a table of, like, normie people. <laughs> and, like, and then, like, and then explain the whole Quebecois accent, which they... I don't I don't know. I, I found myself down this rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> explaining this Perfect. to people. 
And they were fascinated. Someone said the word leap, and you were like, oh, we're talking about Batrock in French Canadian accents? Let me drive this train. Is he the leaper? Yeah, Batrock the leaper. leaper? I always forget, and I genuinely always think it's Batrock the kicker. (laughs) No, it's the leaper. Because he's a a frog. He should have... There should be a league of Batrocks, and we should have a leaper, a kicker, a leg sweeper. We got so many options. (laughs) Batrock the sweeper. Okay, well, thanks everybody. Oh, wait, I have one more t- topic. Uh, just uh, some food for thought for our listeners. And food for, the both for thought. Twenty twenty four. We're gonna call this segment Dean's Dishes. Dean Dishes on food for thought. Well, it was oh Dean's Dishes. That maybe maybe there's something there. I think um, so. I was thinking, what do you two and our listeners want from my Marvels here in twenty twenty four? I'm gonna say specifically the variants. I think we have room to like play around in the variants a little bit because sometimes we're struggling to find uh, like a specific topic for that week. Um, and uh, and I'm curious to hear what people are thinking. I, I had a shower thought yesterday. Uh, I came up with the idea of doing like themed, like a themed variant around some kind of specific, um, like a discussion point uh, where, so the, the one, the example I came up with in my head was, um, the first comic written by a writer that is not the original writer, original creator of a superhero. So who is the first person who wrote a Spider-Man comic after Ditko and Lee? Jerry like, Conway. Or, Stan, or Stan Lee, right? Like, Roy Thomas, but like Jerry Conway? Yeah, I don't remember. Or, you know, who's the first person who took the Fantastic Four and then did a non-Stan Lee issue of the Fantastic Four? Right, Thomas. Like, re- read, like, five of those and talk about that, you know? Because like, I think that's... The, I, I was thinking about that. I'm like, that's kind of a really interesting idea, right? We have all these foundational characters, and it's so normal now for, like, these characters to be handed around. But, like, the first person to ever touch these, you know, big-name characters? I think it would be interesting to, like, you know, drill our focus down on that. Um, stuff like that. So I think those might be fun, like topics for variants to uh, to lean into. Yeah, I'm open to ideas. If people want more kind of comics coverage, uh, it doesn't even these... need to be that like necessarily. I mean, but, it is uh, like just... it is also a consequence of the MCU taking so much room and like putting out so much stuff that like most of our variants this year have been like MCU talks. Yeah. Uh, which is getting more, yeah. a bit exhausting, <laughs> let's be honest. We would like to talk about some other stuff here. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's going to be refreshing next year to be like, oh, only Deadpool 3? We can talk about literally anything else for like 50 I weeks? it's going to be cool. weird because DC also is going to be like, it will be a year with no superhero movies. It might be yeah. good, right? Like, because the DC movies are taking oh, all the time Oh, you think it's going to be Aquaman. a year without superhero movies? Baby, it's the Sony universe time to shine. We've got Madam Web. We've got Craven. Madam we've Web. got Venom Flash. Has everyone seen the trailer? Oh yeah. No, I haven't. Oh yeah. It's it's a disaster. It looks <laughs> so. It looks like a directive to video 2004 premise and movie. Like she walks into the diner and then you know a bad guy kills everyone in the diner and then she wakes up outside the diner and she goes, "Let's try that again." <laughs> <laughs> like boy that's so it's terrible zach um, it's, i yes. could not the ways you are in on the mcu is exactly yeah. where i'm at with the sony spider-man verse you I can't be see Come no on. flaws i love i love <laughs> you know what the consuming these films without ever watching them 
is my favorite way. I have not way, seen but, any of Oh, the Sonyverse delights me to Venom. no end. It just, it just <laughs> delights me. I can't believe... Like, when we saw the trailer again after, before Napoleon, and I was like, I can't believe this is a film that exists. Like, it's baffling that they're doing this without... It, it's all the Ezekiel stuff from uh, the JMS run, too. It is funny. going like to totem. bang down the doors of Hollywood. Oh, man. It's so funny. Just you know, like the, Morbius the Craven, before it. The Craven movie might do okay. Uh it's got it's got like a halfway interesting director behind it, and the trailer looked kind of okay. Might just be like some fun kind of okay. action. I think yeah. you mean Oscar worthy. I would love to see <laughs> the minions. You know how the minions got the TikTok teens to show up I in just suits. See a minion, period. I love got all the guys. teens to show up in their suits. Mm-hmm. How about Madam Web gets the TikTok teens to show up cosplaying as Madam Web? But did Give you me see some her goggles in the trailer. It looks no, so boring. I'm, I'm ignoring like what they're doing. With the car- like I want OG Madam Web cosplay. Goggles, <laughs> spider web <laughs> leotard. Just a huge paper mache, you know, blob behind them. Yes. Uh, the, the web and they have to be everywhere. Which in. <laughs> like taking up like three seats in the theater because uh, everyone's yeah. wearing so much paper mache. <laughs> so oh, give me the OG Madam Web. Love it. I did forget that we we are getting Joker two next year and Craven and Madam Web. So you're right, Charlotte. I'm sorry, but uh, that's, that's a weird year of superhero movies. Yeah, Gee, it's gonna be Joker two weird. is like a musical with Lady Gaga as Harley <laughs> Quinn. That's yeah. That I mean, listen, the, all the people who didn't like the first one, that is the thing. They're like, oh hell yeah, <laughs> this is gonna be weird. <laughs> And a musical with Lady Gaga. And that's that's how I feel, honestly. I'm like, I probably wouldn't see this, but it sounds strange. So, yeah, I'll see it. Yeah. Um, Aquaman, The Lost Kingdom. I still haven't seen Aquaman 1, but the trailer that I've seen like six times now for Aquaman 2, it's got me kind of wanting to watch Aquaman 1. Really? Trailer. Trailer really? Kinda fun. It looks kind of big and expensive and colorful. and Okay. You know, I, I did not like Aquaman 1. I thought it was very boring. Um, it, it, people seem to have generally positive feelings about the the color and the willingness to to I, I think I just don't like underwater levels. Underwater mm. levels are always hard. They're always <laughs> difficult. And I just I like I, some big expensive spectacle, you know? Go to yeah, the and see yeah, okay. You know. I, Charlotte, I did you like Aquaman? I made the mistake of watching it not in theaters. Yeah. Um and I think like so it was just like kind of boring and not that impressive visually because I right. watched it like on a small screen. Uh, so it was fine, but didn't impress me. Okay, here's um, here's something I forgot to say. Jawan, Dave, you are not allowed to watch this on your phone in five minute bursts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> I understand yeah. it's it's a long movie. I think it's close to three hours. I know you can't probably sit and watch it all at once. Although these movies have intermissions built in. I mean, here's the question. <laughs> I know nothing about Joan. Can Dave watch it with his kids or not at all? No. Too, <laughs> that's too a big violent. ask. <laughs> yeah. Can I watch it um, on the treadmill with <laughs> subtitles and the sound off? No, you need the music. That blasting. was a joke. I'm not going to do that. Oh my God. The music needs to be pounding. It's got Can I tell ooh, you? I've been listening to so, the soundtrack so much. So last night, my wife and I sat down after a long my weekend. My wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on i said that perfectly normally uh we sat down after a long weekend i'm like hey let's let's watch the new doctor who david Tennant's back let's let's check out the special uh we made we made it 13 minutes into a 58 minute episode <laughs> before our middle child woke up and uh and couldn't get back to bed so oh did, you should update did 13 of 58 last night we'll <laughs> we'll probably make it through juan in no time um how was the second half of singing in the rain 
Oh, I love it. Uh, so weird. You didn't you yeah. did not warn me how yeah. weird it got. We like yeah. we paused at exactly that, that the moment when the movie probably should have ended. Dance scene. Yeah, yeah. It did this whole like listen, I loved singing in the rain. I had a great time. The back half it, hour, I was just like, this is such a strange choice the to scene, end this the movie. The scene at the theater at the end, I really like. But yes, that interpretive dance thing is very... Uh, you know, if I've you took that out, I would have I've said, it like, enough. it's one of my three favorite movies of the year, probably. And that was just sure. like a really big, weird swing. It, it's it's definitely, it's grown on me with repeat viewings. But yes, that first time, I also remember being like, what is, why is this here? Although, you know what's funny is uh, Barbie. Did you see Barbie this year? I haven't. I need to. No. Barbie directly references that, I'm pretty sure. Oh, like, yeah? I, yeah, I was watching it and I was like, this looks so familiar. What is this, like, visually referencing? And I'm pretty sure it's doing the singing in the rain, that one scene. So yeah. Keep an eye out for that if you watch Barbie. Yeah. Um, okay. I No, I I mean, I'm I'm excited to watch Barbie. I just haven't yet. I got to do no. the whole Barbenheimer experience. That's, that's on my No, you don't. <laughs> it's, it's way too long. <laughs> it's miserable. I would say yeah, singing, I think singing in the rain good, came in sixth. Good. It is right behind Guardians 3 for my favorite movies of the year. Okay. See, this is where I'm like, yeah, I, I probably, you know, I probably have Sing in the Rain rated like four and a half stars in Guardians 4 on Letterboxd. But the idea that like Sing in the Rain would be behind Guardians, <laughs> like, yeah, made my like head start to like feel hot. <laughs> so like, that's what I mean when I compartmental, like Singing in the Rain's a real movie, Dave. You don't put it behind Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. I know. Oh, I had yeah. such a, such a fun time watching that. Okay. Yeah, I'm glad. Uh, all right, so yeah, give us your thoughts on variants. You can do so uh, via mymarvelthisyear.gmail.com. You can let us know in the Slack, Patreon mm-hmm. exclusive. You could go to patreon.com slash mymarvelthisyear, back us and let us know, or you could leave an iTunes review. Would be another oh, yeah. nice way to do yeah. it. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. As always, we'll see you next year. See you next year. See you next year. <laughs> <laughs>